begin after eight taps. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He was slinging pawns at a B&B when he had an epiphany. And make a part in about time too about not playing the ND. It was free for all and I heard him say he bought my borderlands. But just sit back and let Spencer do his trick cause you're incapable A-A-M's. Hey, Spencer, Mike Short in Chicago is with Dungeon Master Sam Book. Love uh, discovering and listening to your podcast. I, have, I came in on the end of the fear discussion. I absolutely do think it is possible to introduce fear into players at the table, but I think it takes a deliberate approach. I think it takes patience, and I think it takes purpose. If you listen to podcasts that center on horror, if you read books, those things plant seeds. The The masters of the craft plant the seeds in your head with suggestion, and it's a slow, deliberate burn. And fear doesn't have to be this, oh, my God, jump out of the uh, you know corner thing. It can be that unsettling creepiness that suddenly comes upon you and you're overwhelmed with it. I'm going to call back in with a with an example from my own game. Hey, Spencer, Mike Short in Chicago is fear part two. So how did I do that in my game? It was by accident. I had these creepy dolls hanging off of a bush in a house or in front of a house in an ordinary part of town. And just through that suggestion alone, I started playing on the player's imagination about how these dolls were constructed, how they acted, just little things that really planted this creepy factor. And and I would call it a fear factor. In fact, seven years later, and this was through a play-by-post game, seven years later, my players still talk about the dolls and how much they hated them. So I absolutely think it's possible. I think it takes a deliberate approach. I don't think it's fear like maybe we might think of it, but you definitely can mess with the players' heads and introduce dread and something like fear. Okay, take care. Game on. Well, that's a hell of a way to kick off a podcast. That was Mr. Free Hex's campaign starter himself, Michael Chicago is Shorten of Dungeon Master's Handbook talking about the idea of instilling dread into players. Something that I started off talking about and then kind of talked myself out of it based on the responses I was getting, doubting whether it was possible. But there we have it from someone who has achieved it himself. And by the sounds of it, it's no mean feat, but does seem that it is possible. And thank you very much for your messages. Having just discovered your podcast myself, I really need to do a deep dive into your back catalogue. And before that, you heard my theme by Mr. TJ Drennan. Welcome to Keep Off the Borderlands. My name's Spencer, aka Free Thrall. Let's get podcasting.
Josh Beckelheimer here, and man, I love that Mandy movie. It is a crazy, wild, psychedelic ride. It was everything I expected, and at the same time, everything I did not expect. I love that movie. And what's funny is, my wife tends to like just about any movie that I do, but she hated that film. She looked at me when it went off and was like, well, that was a waste of time, and just ignored the pure joy on my face after I saw that film and plus that soundtrack is epic a fantastic soundtrack that was Josh Beckelheimer there from JB Publishing great to hear from you Josh it's funny there are plenty of films that I love but I know my wife will refuse to sit through and I could tell that Mandy was going to be one of those movies which is why it took me a little while to get around to watching it, because uh, I had to wait until she went out for the evening so we could just relax and enjoy it. But um, yeah, and that soundtrack too, great stuff. Thanks for your call, Josh. Hey, Spencer Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Glad you enjoyed Mandy. I look forward to the your hex flower you're going to unveil on Audio Dungeon, I think you said you'd have it for us by Christmas, so that's very exciting, and yeah, I guess that's about it, so I'll talk to you later. Bye. Oh, Jason, you cheeky, cheeky boy. (laughs) Thanks for your call, man. Hey Spencer, it's John here from Red Dice Stories, just responding to a call-in from Colin, latest uh, episode. So yeah, call it up a call-in, it's a bit callception, I know, insert random bonk sound effect, but uh, I don't think it's uh, it's right to say that he accused uh, Watsy of having shoddy binding that results in pages falling out. I think that is simply stating a fact. I wish I had a pound or even a dollar for our US listeners for every person I'd heard complaining about the dank condition of their fifth edition books. So I don't really think it's an accusation. I think it's just looking at the evidence and stating the facts. Now, I've heard a few people say you can send them back and get copies, but let's face it, who's going to bother doing that? It'd be better to get it right first time. Anyway, catch you later, dude. Bye. John Allen Large there from Red Dice Diaries. And yes, I couldn't agree with you more, John. I'd be surprised if anyone uh, leapt to Watsy's defence on that point. In fact, I myself called into Ten Cars Tavern, talking about that same point, pondering whether it was something intentionally done so people would have to go out and buy replacement books. But I mean, if they're giving away free replacements, then I guess they know that they're producing a shoddy product. So it seems that even they're not prepared to leap to their own defence. Thanks very much for your call, John.
Hey, Spencer. I was just thinking about the panic mechanic. Sounds like a fantastic NPC. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm kind of with Spike Pit. Uh, I started to... Every time I hear someone uses the word mechanic, I start kind of thinking about a man with toolkit. And the panic mechanic sounds just great. So, sorry for that completely random thought, but, you know, it's what came to mind. Hope you're well. Game on, man. Mr. Shay Wester there from Roleplay Rescue, and uh, never apologise for an amusing random thought. This might not mean anything to anyone outside the UK, but the image I got in my head while I was listening to that message was of the handyman from... Jamie and the Magic Torch, Jojo, I think he was called, a character who used to (laughs) pop up whenever anyone needed help, but he was always less than helpful. Thanks for your message, Jay. Great to hear from you. Hi, Spencer. It's Laren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere. I really enjoyed your Emergent Complexity episode. I had a little window of time this morning and I thought, oh, I'm going to squeeze in some podcasts and I caught that one. So a few thoughts. First of all, um, the I found this morning an episode from Goblin's Henchman exactly how you talked about. I favorited him because he left a bunch of comments and I always enjoy his input. And I thought, you know, if he ever does put out an episode, you know, a podcast, I want to hear it. I also found Joe Richter's hindsight list the same way. So yeah, I love that feature about Anchor, even though you are absolutely right. It can be a real pain in the neck to listen to podcasts using it. Also, uh, I'm you have me thinking about how I podcast. I I treat my podcast more as a journal. Uh-oh, I'm going to have to call you again. And you have me thinking about the fact that I don't podcast with new listeners in mind. I don't know how I would change what I do if I did. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to give that some thought. Essentially, I, I realize that there's a lot of different styles of podcasting. And I mean, I already knew that because so many of the other podcasts I've listened to, I know I've talked about this before on my show, um, they are about news. They're about sharing information. They're not about um, sharing a passion that you love the way that the OSR anchorites are. So it's one of the things I absolutely love about this community. So anyways, and I absolutely love your contributions to it. I also have to say that piece of music by TJ Drennan uh, from his Patreon. Oh my gosh. I love that piece of music. I love the way that you've cut it up and you use different pieces of it. That is awesome. Anyway, talk to you soon. Hi, Liren. That was Liren from Updates from the Middle of Nowhere, and it is always a pleasure to hear from you, Liren. Great to hear you back podcasting again. And um, yeah, I have to agree with everything you said there. Thinking about how familiar somebody is with your podcast or the the other callers or and and things like that, I think the best that you can do is just you're talking about something you're interested in. Speak to the listener as you'd speak to a friend, and um, I think that's the only way to get people on board. And uh, yeah, as great as TJ's stuff is, I can't help but play around with bits of music like that. But I'm glad you appreciate it. Oh, and I think Goblin's Henchman has got a second episode out. Now, I wasn't expecting to see that, 
but uh, I have to give them a call myself. See if we can eke out a few more episodes. So I recorded a couple of segments about reflections on the black hack a little while ago now. I was intending to throw them into the last episode, but that ended up being much longer than I anticipated. And since recording these, I did call in to Jay Webster following his Eight Types of Fun episode of um, Rob Play Rescue. And I felt that really helped me kind of put my finger on what I'm sort of trying to get to the bottom of in the next couple of segments. And I actually gave him a call where I think I summarised the point much better than I do here. But I'm going to share this with you anyway. So I wanted to say a little bit about the last couple of sessions of Black Hack. Really, really enjoying that game. Become very attached to my new character, Moot Zekel, who's a wizard. First time, I think... Well, no. No, that's a lie. It's not the first time I've played a wizard. But I, that's not the role I gravitate towards. But I'm just really enjoying him as a character. And we were lucky enough to get to explore Dave's coral caverns that he put together some time ago with its uh, fish folk inhabitants. Yeah, just a really, really fun session. And then the subsequent session, I managed to I jump in there at short notice, which is another wonderful thing about uh, the way Dave is running these games. And uh, yeah, had a lot of fun trying to sabotage a delivery of goods and uh, yeah, there's a real kind of wonderful twist there and that we had, we'd sort of been given a mission at, at the start of the game. Initially, we set out to complete the main mission and we realised it would be easier to complete the mission later the next day. So we decided to look into something else that was going on. Turned out, what we chose to do pretty much undermined the possibility of completing the other mission. It's just really kind of fortuitous the way it turned out. I don't know if this was part of Dave's plan or whether it was just an, a nice bit of uh, on-the-spot weaving events together. But we found out that the guy we were initially working for, we were now working against and I was very happy with the way things transpired there. Really, really nice session. Recently had another great session of the Black Hack uh, run by Dave. My third outing with Moot the Wizard and um, 
So the word embroiled springs to mind. Uh, just <laughs> there's a real sense of I don't know. I feel I'm quite a cautious player. Yet yeah. I seem to be surrounded by characters that don't necessarily seem that concerned about the consequences of their actions. Um, and I don't know whether it's <laughs> um, Moot is a lot more carefree than Brap, who's an extremely troubled character, it turns out. Um, it's someone racked by doubt. And um, I'm kind of feeling that Moot, despite his uh, slightly more up-for-it attitude and his tappy-go-lucky approach, he's finding himself being kind of dragged into things. Well, how did Dave describe us? A shady bunch, I think. And um, I don't know. I'm finding that both Moot and Brap are reluctant. I'm wondering whether that's less to do with their character more to do with my maybe my lack of experience a little bit of nervousness maybe not being as assertive as I could be I'm I'm taking on the role of an observer to a certain extent not speaking out uh, which results in my characters finding themselves becoming part of something that they're not entirely happy with and that's not to say I'm not enjoying playing the game because I am uh, I'm, I am really uh, loving it. <laughs> I, and it's not until after these sessions that I'm thinking of moments where I could have intervened and maybe things would have played out a little bit differently. Um, there was a, a particular, particular moment where Moot and Bill went back to the uh, Temple of the Crane Spirit and Bill... <laughs> Disclosed that we'd been involved with the theft of a dowry and aiding an eloping couple. And at the time, I thought to myself, should we really be offering up this information? And uh, lo and behold, it, it did uh, have consequences. We were confronted by a bunch of thugs who were <laughs> immediately dealt with in quite a, a gruesome way. Pete's character, Timber, removing the face of, of one of these thugs while they were still alive. And this now faceless thug is an opium addict who seems to be willing to do anything for his next hit. And it's, yeah, all rather messy and disturbing, which is now put us in a difficult position. Uh, we have the possibility to repay some of the dowry. Something tells me that may not happen. And it just, I don't know, I feel that we're making enemies at every turn. Things seem to escalate very, very quickly. Like Dave was talking about the fact that we we joined a thieves' guild. At the same time, we were stealing from the thieves' guild. We seem to be in a similar position now in Mud Harbour. 
people we thought we were initially helping have now we've now made an enemy of and it looks like there could be you know either we re- repay some of this dowry or you know we instigate this massive feud we've made an enemy of Captain Scarbelden the guy who originally hired us so uh, yeah yeah I'm finding my characters or perhaps me a little bit uncomfortable with the chaos, this this kind of trail of chaos and destruction we appear to be leaving wherever we go. This is what comes of exploring a living world where your actions have consequences. So there, that's that. The Black Hack recap. I hope it didn't sound too negative at all. I just, I guess I'm a bit just torn. I mean, I've got Brap, who's, who wants to kind of reform himself as a character. And yet, I think he's going to behave in quite a self-destructive manner. And Moot, I guess wanting more kind of frivolous adventure. But being presented with the harsh realities of uh, running with a band of misfits, shall we say. Anyway, lots to think about there. Well, that's about enough for me. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate your messages, and if you want to leave me a message, click on the anchor link in the episode description. You can also email me at spencer.threethrall at gmail.com. Also in the description, you'll find a link to TJ Drennan's Patreon, who's responsible for all the bits of music I use. And uh, Merry Christmas! or whatever else you might be celebrating at this time of year. Um, Those that I've been chatting to on Audio Dungeon will know that I am suffering from sciatica at the moment, and I'm on some pretty powerful drugs. So if any of this fails to make any sense, you can blame it on them. Do you... Thank you.